0: and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to The Kitchen Table. I want to reiterate again this week as we begin a new series exactly why this podcast is going forward. You know, God is doing some big and exciting things with it, and my prayer is that He will just continue to multiply this space for mamas. But I want to clarify again, why we're here. Because I think before anything else, I want you to understand that when I say welcome to my kitchen table, what I'm really extending to you is an invitation to be a kind of friend that maybe you haven't experienced in a long time. And what I mean by that is so often, I have a lot of friends who I can wave to when I'm in the carpool line. There are the friends that I see in Target or the grocery store, and I'm like, oh, do I want to talk to him? Do I not? What do I want to say? Oh, hey, how you doing? Good. You know, even when my world might be just completely wrecked that day and falling apart, but I'm good when I talk with them. And then we have the friends that maybe we work together on projects, whether it's like a baseball team you know, or in the classroom to be room moms or, you know, we, we work with these women, but they don't know the inner workings of our heart and where we're struggling. They're not actively praying for us with, with places that we need prayer. But I'm actually extending to you an invitation for where I believe women need to be with one another, which is the kitchen table friend. You know, it's a whole different, ball game if I if you were a friend that I would bring just in my front door and I just stood with you right in my front door and we just talked and then I'll let you leave again that's one kind of friend right we all know those women but what if I said to you you rang the front door or better yet you came through my garage door or my friend door and And, um, and you came in my house by my past my laundry room, which is always billowing out into the hallway there. And you go past a dirty half bathroom that, I mean, who knows if, you know, somebody maybe hasn't even flushed the toilet in there today. I mean, you never know. And I bring you into my living room and you see all the toys and all the mess. And you see a few dishes still from lunch on the table or stacked up in the sink. And you join me at the table and we talk. That's a friend, isn't it? You see, that's the girl that when she goes, how are, you? how are you? You settle in at the table and you say, I don't think I'm doing really well. Or it's even the friend you say, I think I'm doing pretty good. God's been good to me today. And this is how I know God is at work. Or this is what I'm seeing God do. And you she rejoices with you and she weeps with you, but she spurs you on to what God is calling for you. That's the invitation that I'm extending here to you. That's the invitation of the Warrior Motherhood Collective that you can find on my website and on my Instagram bio. It is that kind of friend because That is the friend. If you do not have her or the two of you really want to be strengthened and you want to learn and grow and know how to go deep with one another, then come here, sit with me here. But this is a light touch, right? And then go over to the motherhood collective and join us there where we are working in the intimacy of friendship, one with another, talking about our kids talking about our hearts, talking about what's going right and what's going wrong, and asking God to direct and move and work in that. So this week, we're going to begin talking about communication. How do we communicate? Well, I think we're seeing over the course of the last few years, the fact that culturally, I think people are struggling to communicate. Whether it's because we jump to conclusions, whether it's because we perceive the other person's jumping to a conclusion, or we just fail to communicate, we're too sidetracked by our phone to communicate. Like, there are many reasons why communication is stalling culturally, but it is. But we have an opportunity to teach our children purposefully how to communicate. And I wonder, are we doing that? And I will say, I don't know that I always am. God has really brought to light this and made this almost a sensitive subject in my heart and in my life with my own children over the last year or so of understanding the power of our words that I speak to my children, but also understanding that as the temperature setter in my home, I am the one that makes sure that, they're, that my children understand the power of words. That's important. And then there is the beginning, the quickening, the understanding that communication is far more than just the words that we say. We communicate all the time physically, don't we? I mean, if I said to my child, I'm listening to you, and my whole position of my body is facing my child, I'm bending down on their level, I'm looking in their eyes, I may even be holding their hand or touching their shoulder or right next to them, got my arm around them. That communicates differently than the exact same words, I'm listening to you. While my face is looking at my phone and I'm quickly tapping out a text to someone else or dealing with a work-related situation, they're different. And that's all physical communication, right? And then are we teaching, am I teaching my children the value of communicating when it's hard, when it hurts, or when it's difficult? Am I teaching them the value of communicating well? So we all communicate when we're hurt or it's difficult. We yell, we scream, we pitch a fit, we whine, we cry, or we withdraw. They're all communications. But am I equipping my child with key truths defined in the word that will help them communicate well, no matter what's going on emotionally So in other words, if they're hurt, am I equipping them though to communicate well despite the hurt and to communicate about the hurt? Am I equipping them well when they are frustrated or angry or they feel defensive? Am I equipping them well? How would God want them to communicate in those moments of their life? Am I doing that with purpose? And what about when it's so hard that you just want to shut down? Am I helping to equip them to learn the value of communicating even when you want to run or you want to shut down? And what are the key ways that that kind of communication should happen? And I've had to say, as I've thought about this over the last little bit, I don't know that I have been purposefully doing that. It's not like I have a plan in mind. And God has invited me to say, Bethany, let's have a plan. Let's understand communication the way I communicate with you. And let's understand that the way I, God, communicate with you, Bethany, will actually formulate the framework For how you can begin to, number one, communicate with your children, but number two, help them learn how to communicate healthfully, healthfully, (laughs) what is that word? Healthfully with everyone else. Because y'all, more than anything, I want to equip my children across the board to have the vision that God would have for them so that they can live. And we've talked about this in past episodes. They can be clear, kingdom-living, Jesus-following people. And communication's a really big part of that. So we're going to begin to take this apart bit by bit over the next month. And we're going to really boil some of this down to tiny little pieces and widgets. And then from those tiny little pieces and widgets, build it back up. But I really want us to take a look at it, understanding the gospel, understanding how God communicates with us, because if that's our standard, we need to understand his heartbeat in it. And then we're going to take a look at all the different ages of our children and what are the things that we really could be active at if we were just starting today with a brand new baby. Like, how could we do it there? Because... I don't have a brand new baby anymore, so I've got to I'm starting behind the the eight ball, right? I mean, I'm God's convicted of me of this and my children range in age from 23 to 6. So even the 6-year-old has had 6 years of learning poor communication skills. <laughs> and and we have all seen all of our children probably have poor communication skills. And some of that is because I Have poor communication skills. And God's been convicting me of that. So I want to invite you over the next few weeks. That's where we're gonna go. That's this is what we're gonna really tease apart and work out and get down in the nitty-gritty of it. But I think when we emerge the other side, we're gonna have a really clear framework. Number one, I believe there's going to be clear tenets clear points that you, I'm praying that you will hold these points clearly in your mind so that even what I'm asking the Lord to do is even when I am feeling completely frustrated and I would tend to be the one communicating poorly because this framework has become a place for me, those tenets, those points are beginning to hold me in check. And helping me reframe and reset before I do damage with my tongue, for my children, and then in that example making, it because we've talked over and over about being temperature setters in our home, it does impact what then happens with our kids. I want to give you a great example of this. The other day, um, several several of my children were really just fussy and cranky and and rude with one another and I was actually sitting in the other room I was trying to make um, the grocery list for the week and if anyone here to know me you need to know that I don't like making the grocery list unless it's because it's a super exciting week and everybody is either coming in town or it's a holiday or like, so if there's a party engaged in the week, then I'm super excited about making the grocery list, but that's not real life. And so most weeks I don't like making the grocery list. It's like a, a work for me. I like to be quiet and like to give myself full attention to it. So that's what I was doing. And it's like in the other room, I can hear one little de- 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 from one child, and then another child, like, right back. And then that first child ramps it up a notch. And then an additional child joins in to basically rebuke the fussing by being completely rude and overbearing because that child was older, to which then another child who is in the room, just starts fussing at them all. And within seconds, what had been a quiet room, was now just a boiling pot churning with emotions and anger and words were exchanged and one child was crying and another child was huffy and another child was withdrawn. And everything inside of me, when, when that begins to happen in my home, my natural response is I'm utterly offended but I think I'm more offended that you're interrupting me and in what I'm doing because now I have to go deal with you than I am actually about the sin. So that is my, and that's one thing that we're going to talk about over communication month. But to be able to learning that first truth of the gospel is that God pursued us. God reached in means that when communication is breaking down, my role is to mimic God and to reach in, to be the one to step inside of that argumentative story, if you will. But secondarily to that is if where I am mimicking what how God communicates well, he he doesn't communicate with us with just sheer exasperation, anger, yelling, and screaming. So if we look at what Jesus did all in the Gospels, what we see patterning out is typically Jesus understands that there's an argument, like when the um, disciples were arguing over who was going to be the greatest in heaven. Christ's response was not oh my gosh, y'all, quit arguing about all that. You're not, you don't even understand. You don't even know what's going on. Or you're being so rude or you're only thinking about yourself or all you think about is being first. Like he doesn't even scold in terms of some sort of a spiritual context. He actually asks some questions and then uses a word picture. He grabs a little child and shows them that really this is what the kingdom is of God is like. And so not only do we know from the gospel that God reaches in, meaning he pursues us first. Like we're a horrible, messy, argumentative people group and God still pursues us. He sent Christ to us while we were sinners, while we were dead in our sin, while we were in the darkest of the dark. But secondly, He shows, by the way he engages with his disciples, that his primary way of beginning to sort things out is through conversation, questions, and word pictures. So in that moment with my kids, this is what I began to rethink as I got up from the table and began to walk in there, is what would God be doing with me? He would be reaching in. He would be intimately and personally speaking his love for me from the beginning. That is God's first method of communication. He reassures us that he is pursuing us and that he is loving and loving us. And this is why, like I sent my son that you may be set free. And then secondly, I had to remember that God intently, purposefully, gives his attention. I didn't want to give my attention. I wanted to finish that dumb grocery list. I was annoyed and I wanted to be done with this dumb argument as fast as I could and get back to what I was doing. But that's not how God engages with us. When he communicates with us, he leans in, doesn't he? And we've seen that over and over in scripture. We've talked about that here, but he leans in. He is intent. He is purposeful, and he gives us his attention. And then the last tenet that I had to remember is that he goes all the way. He stays the course. He doesn't quit. He is so pursuant of us being made whole, being made complete, being made righteous, being made right in right relationship with him that Jesus Went all the way, 100% sacrifice, with zero response from me until his sacrifice was fully complete, salvation fully offered. I do not bring to the table of relationship with God anything to complete relationship with God. And as a gospel truth, that needs to sink into our way of beginning to talk about communication. That we communicate 100% so that in my actions, my presence is fully there. I am fully willing to offer my pursuit in the sense of getting up from the table, going in there and say, staying in there until it, it can be worked out. And then that final part, God works for reconciliation. And the way he teaches it is through questions, through word pictures, through his presence. So as I walked into the living room that day, I just kept remembering. It was like the spirit began to say, remember in Mark 9 about the argument with the disciples that you just read, Bethany. And you know what happened in that story was that the disciples are walking along the way and they're... And they're fussing and they're arguing about who is going to be the greatest, who is the greatest, who's the greatest disciple. And it's interesting because Mark says that Jesus just comes alongside of them and says, Hey, what were you talking about? And Mark says they kept silent because they had been arguing. You know, our children sometimes do that. I don't know about yours. Mine definitely do. You're like, so what's going on? So I sat in there in the living room. I'm like, tell me what's going on. And nobody said anything. It was like crickets. I'm like, okay, come on. I know y'all were fussing. Tell me, and I usually will pick one and say, tell me what your perspective is. What What did you think was happening? And then somebody else will want to interrupt. And I'm like, no, 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 you'll get your turn. I just want to hear from this person and then I'm going to hear from you. But he that's what he did. That's what Jesus did. He sat them all down. He called them all to him. And then he began to unlock a word picture for them that radically changed the way they saw the kingdom of god and so when i walked into that living room my prayer request was lord let me be like jesus in this moment cuz i'm ticked and annoyed i need to lay that down and understand god you intimately and personally speak life over my over me and call me to speak life over my children you intently and purposefully give me your attention You're calling me to do that now instead of being on my grocery list. And you consistently pursue us 100%. Help me to pursue my children's hearts 100% and not get to a certain point and get disgusted and get annoyed and just lock it down with a, well, that was terrible. You shouldn't have done it. Don't do it again. Like, let me carry this through and let me speak the way you would speak to them. And then finally it was, Lord, give me a word picture that will help them see the beauty of caring for one another. Because that's what Jesus did in this passage in Mark 9. He said to the 12, He said, if anyone would be first, he must be last and a servant of all. And then He does the word picture part. He took a child and He put the child in the middle of them and took the child in His arms and He said, Whoever receives A child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives not just me, but him who sent me. There was a word picture there, a way to unpack this truth about who's going to be first and who's going to be last in a way that the disciples would remember. And so that last portion, that point number four, asking God to begin to give you word picture ways to communicate big key truths of relationship, loving, kindness, patience, with your children is important in your prayer walk. And so that's exactly what happened the other day. And you know, because I've been studying this and kind of entrenched in it, it actually, that one actually went well. Like by the end, kids were volunteering to apologize to one another. Hugs were going around. Everybody was laughing. We had come up with a funny saying that gave truth to that word picture, and it was good. Is every time good like that? No. We talk about that here. We talk about that consistently in small groups together. It's not always going to be good. But the framework was in place so that I had a way to move through it and not lose my mind. And in truth, It went at about the same speed and took about the same amount of time as if I had just gone in there and laid into them all, busted everybody and made everybody even a little bit angrier and raised the temperature all the more in that room of fussy, stop yelling at everybody else business. We get the invitation to communicate the way God communicates with us. He intimately, personally speaks words of life over us because he 100% has pursued us. All the way to the cross. Thirdly, he intently and purposefully gives us his attention. He leans in. And fourth, he communicates well with us, opening our eyes through word pictures and ways of what true gospel truths are when they're actually applied in real life moments. It's what we do here. I'm excited that it's what we're gonna be doing in the Gospel, the Warrior Motherhood Collective in intimate detail, taking your actual moments and working that out. But for today, communication is a gift we give our children. And I can't wait to unpack it more with you in the weeks to come. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.